Hey, y'all, On-Prem to the Cloud is back. And this time, Stephen Murawski, he's going to start adding in the power of infrastructure as code, configuration as code, and even policy as code into our application. So join us next time on the DevOps Lab. Welcome to the DevOps Lab on-prem to the cloud series. In our last episode, we lifted and shifted our app to VMs in Azure. And we also started to add some DevOps into the application. So we created CI-CD pipeline for the app. Now on this episode, we're going to hypercharge all the DevOps by adding everything as code to our app. Infrastructure, configuration, and policy as code. And here to explain all that is my good friend, Stephen Murawski. How's it going, Stephen? Hey, well, it's going great. I am very, very excited to be talking about the everything is code, right? It's been, that's been the kind of the cornerstone of my career. So let's get into it, man. Yeah, before you even begin, can you give our viewers a quick explanation of what everything is code even is? Sure. Um, so way back in the day, like 30 some odd years ago, uh, yeah, there was a guy, Mark Burgess, he had, pro he had a problem configuring machines and figured there had to be a better way. And so he started down this road with a tool called CF Engine. And with the idea that we could basically declare and, and, uh, and put into code what we want our machines to look like. And then rather than us writing a script to take the machine from state A to state B to state C, we, take, we say, I want this thing to look like X. And then it becomes the tool's job to get us there. And that kind of got us down this path of, of starting to define everything as code, whether that was machine configuration or now in the cloud, that could be our whole environment where we're defining all the different supporting services, all the extensions, all, all the uh, VM configuration, our VNets, everything that we can possibly co configure, we can express in code. And then, you know, that's not enough. In order for our policy and security and compliance to be able to move at the speed that our infrastructure and our development teams are moving at, we need to expose policy as code too, pol uh, policy and compliance rules. And if we can express those things as code and evaluate them against all of the different APIs and all the different services that we run now, now all of a sudden, all of our teams can move at the speed of cloud, can move at the speed of code, and can move at the speed that we have to to compete in this environment. Okay, so this sounds unbelievably cool, but just so that I don't miss like the, the, the why, right? I get the coolness, but why would I want everything as code? Does it just, it just makes everything easier to stand up environments, tear them down, repeatability? It, all of that, so uh, there's repeatability, there is context, right? So if I, if I write a bunch of scripts to, to spin up environments and tear stuff down, I have to follow logically along with, okay, first it's going to do this. And then now that state is, is going to require me to do these three things to get me where I need to go. If I have a policy definition of what my environment is supposed to look like, that's telling me what the end state is. I have a lot better time reasoning about what that environment's going to look like. And I can stamp those things out then, right? And so, you know, and that's one of the things we're going to actually going to go do is, you know, we've, we've lifted and shifted our application into the cloud. But now I want to spin up some more environments. I want a dev environment. I want a test environment. I want a UAT and a user acceptance testing environment. I, I want to have flexibility, uh, and I, I want to have control of those of that environment. 
So, and, and because cloud is so well positioned for us to spin up new resources, for us to, uh, kind of take control of that whole experience from, from code, from an API perspective, um, it's uniquely suited to this infrastructure's code, uh, and uh, this infrastructure's code configuration as code world. Awesome. All right. So how did you apply all of this to our application? All right. So the first thing, the first thing I wanted to go do is put some policy in place. And so the policy, you know, let's, let's actually pop over into the Azure portal and take a look at what policy as code looks like. Now I'm in the portal. I've I actually deployed this from the command line from a local text file, but I'm showing you here inside of Azure because you can you can go in and see all of the existing policy, and this is also documented on Docs, and we'll have links for where people can go look at samples and and all of the documentation on how you can come up with it. But it's basically policy is just JSON where I get to define um, some parameters, I get to define like what we're going to look at, and and I've created a policy here where we're going to block open internet access to a specific port. And because of you know compliance rules and because I, I don't want to have uh, inbound port 3389 for RDP open to the internet, I'm gonna define that as a security rule that my subscription is going to have to obey. Now, you can define policy at the resource level, at the resource group level, at the subscription level, at management group level. So, you, so based on your organization and the and the scope of the rule and the things you want to have to apply, you can kind of you can kind of mess with that. Um, and in in this case, I have deployed it at the subscription level. So everything in my subscription has to obey this rule. Now there are different. Uh, there's a bunch of different effects that policy can have. It can audit and just tell me, you know, who's misbehaving. It can deny and prevent me from creating a network security group that exposes port 3389, for example, in this example, to the internet. Or I can have it do things like automatically edit the inbound request to the API and change it to something that's in compliance. Or I could offer remediation tasks to things that that don't uh, that don't comply. So there's a variety of effects that policy can have, and I'm, for this for this you know for this scenario, I'm keeping it simple. We're just going to block inbound port 3389. So I have this definition, and then the second part of it is an assignment. And so you have to assign that policy to a subscription or to a resource group or to to some scope that that, that uh, and. That assignment is then what makes it take effect. And that's where I can, and in that assignment, that's where I can specify my parameters and other things. So uh, what we kind of, when we step into like the full deployment process of for all this infrastructure as code, I'll point out where I have the, the uh, actual PowerShell that deploys this policy and then goes and assigns it. All right, so that's policy as code. That, that sets us up for how I can control the environment. and. And for, for organizations who are new to cloud, policy is wonderful for setting up those guardrails for, hey, you know, I just don't want people to go crazy and wild and expose our and expose our infrastructure to the internet at large. And, you know, make sure we want to make sure things are secure. We want to make sure things meet uh, all of our regulatory compliance. And policy helps us with that. So once we have our policy in place, now I want to go and really dig into uh, what it's going to take to replicate the environment that we lifted and shifted into Azure. So what we're gonna do is pop back over and I'm gonna go into 
Um, in, in, still in the portal here, I'm going to go to the resource group that we're starting from. And one of the things that we can find inside of our resource group, there's this automation area here. It's got export template. And I've already went and done this. But when we export the template, it's going to generate a template based on all of the resources that are available inside of the existing resource group. Now, this isn't the template I'm going to go use for production. However, it, it, it does give me a reference and kind of a starting place to, to be able to look at things. So I, so I downloaded this thing and it has a lot of parameters. It tries to parameterize it in a helpful way. It tries to, you know, anything you might want to customize. And it defines all the resources that are available in the resource group. Well, that's, you're starting with a whole lot of stuff you have to understand there. So I like going into VS Code and using the Azure Resource Manager ARM Tools extension. And I've got that template here that I can use for a reference, but I'll start a new file. Now I've made sure that uh, Visual Studio Code sees this as a JSON file. I haven't saved it yet, but I could start, I could just start going, type ARM, and it scaffolds out for me what my ARM template needs to have. And then I start going in and I want to find I'm going to take a look at my my export template, and I want to find all of the resources that are not um, that that don't have any dependencies. So I want to start with the nice, simple stuff that I can just provision. Because I'm going to when I go through this development process, I'm really going through and stepping through, and I'm going to continually check and make sure that this thing is working, and make sure that it's deploying what I expect it to deploy, and then I can make a small change, test it, make a small change, test it, and that. So I'm going to take a look. I've loaded in the contents of that template into PowerShell, which is great for parsing through JSON. And then let's, depends on, because I can't type, I just look through history. And I'm going to look through the resource collection for anything that doesn't have a depends on. And take a look, and I've got some different resources here. And I, I have storage accounts, virtual networks, public IP addresses, network security groups, and those things don't depend on anything else. So that's what I would start with. And so I'd go into my resources and I'd start typing, you know, storage account um, or uh, yeah, arm storage. And the re the template uh, or the, the toolkit will actually help me craft my template to make sure I have all the things that I need to. So I went through and I recreated the things that I needed to make all of the VM, uh, the, the resources for our application. That's that Mercury Health application that we've been working on. Because I want to get this resource group to the point where we can pick up where Damien left off with deploying from Azure DevOps into these in, into, the, into my VMs here. Okay. So let me just recap yeah. really quickly to make sure I understand <laughs> what you're doing right now. Um, basically now you're creating, first you've created some policy, right? So now mm -hmm. policy around what can happen in our subscription. And then you've turned that into code, checked it into source control. Yep. Next, you're, you're describing our physical environment. So this is gonna be like our VNets, the virtual machines, how big they are, what, whatever else we need, resource groups, so on and so forth. So you're describing that environment in an ARM template. And then once that's done, you'll check that into source control as well. Exactly. Okay. And then, and that's going to get me to having a virtual machine 
And that's going to get me to having uh, the the correct base image and my virtual network and my uh, my DNS name and all of the things I need to access this thing up to any configuration on the virtual machine. And that's where I step into. And while we're doing that, I'm going to just kick off uh, the... I'm just going to kick off a little process here to finish configuration on a new environment, just so we can see how much work it takes. Uh, let's see, I've got it right here. So I'm just going to run this command. I've written a little script to wrap, and it's going to deploy my policy to make sure my policy is up to date, and using stuff like new AZ policy definition and uh, new AZ policy. Where's right here? Uh, new AZ policy assignment, or you know, get AZ policy assignment, new AZ policy assignment, right? Just to make sure that, the, that the, my policy is assigned and set. I'm going to create and publish a desired state configuration uh, configuration as part of this. That's what that's the part we're just about to get into with say, you know, for how we want to configure the machine. But then the ARM template is gonna go and make sure the environment is there, but it's also one of the things I also have it doing is saying, hey, we also want to configure the virtual machine. So there's a VM extension for PowerShell desired state configuration, which is a way that I can define my virtual machine configuration in code. So not, not so my ARM template gets my environment. My PowerShell desired state configuration allows me to define what I want my virtual machine to look like. And so I went and took a look at the existing configuration of our machine that we lifted and shifted. And now I have, let's see here, we'll get that, my Mercury Health config. I've written a configuration that sets up a base configuration that installs all the roles and features that I need. So make sure IIS is there, make sure PowerShell's there, make sure, you know, all the, all the things that I care about. Then I set up a configuration that will install the Azure DevOps agent to uh, allow me to deploy to this node and it will register it with Azure DevOps. And the environment that we're actually deploying right this moment is spent standing, standing up a new machine into a new deployment environment in Azure DevOps when it's fresh, hasn't been deployed to. So that sets everything up for me there. And then I, I have some resources here to make sure my IIS configuration is there. I make sure that I have uh, the file directory where the application is going to be deployed to. There's the application pool with the correct credentials. and you know, you can see in this infrastructure's code space, whether it's JSON or whether it's this PowerShell desired state configuration, almost all of this is, we have key values, right? We have a property name and we have some value. And that is our declarative state. So I'm not saying go from A to B. I'm saying this is what it should look like. And I'm leaving it up to desired state configuration to know how to get me there. It, it, know, it uses uh, resources like X website, for example, to make sure that there's a website that exists in IIS, right? That has the values that I've, I'm providing to it. So, and I can tell, I can give it some dependencies, like wait for these other things to happen before you do, before you do this. So, what while this thing's uh, while this thing's going, let's take a look inside of Azure DevOps, and just show you the environment that we're connecting to. We're connecting into some environments as part of the deployment process that uh, that I'm picking up from where Damien left off. So we have a pipeline. And in that pipeline, we, we can specify the, our 
you know, our environment deployment targets. And let's fire up our edit here so we can just take a look at the pipeline definition. Oh, and it lives on GitHub, so it wants some authentication. Fortunately, I've already been all signed in. And then it's going to pull up my build definition here. And in that build definition, I specify that my development environment to target. Now that's a different environment from what Damien had configured. And it actually uses a machine that I've spun up with all of, uh, with all this infrastructure as code. So if we get down to the bottom here, I have this deploy to development step. So I took out, I took out Damien's deployment target and I put in mine. And I can specify, you know, some tags to pick machines to target because you can have multiple machines inside um, inside your environment. So I could have some that are web servers, some that are SQL servers. I could have different steps to the job, right? There's a lot of different things we can do there. But from the everything is code perspective, I was able to spin up a completely fresh resource group and deploy to it. And we can even go and take a look if my uh, portal will respond well. We can go take a look at our uh, development resource group that's already, yep, that's already existing. And we can see that the application was fully provisioned in there. We'll take, uh, if you want to see all of the steps that the, uh, that the template deployed, you can go under deployments in the resource group and it will give you a step-by-step of all the resources I configured and give you the logs and we can see, you know, we've had successful deployments into, into our dev environment. Mm -hmm. We get the deployment details. It shows us all the resources and, and how they are properly configured. And we have our PowerShell desired state configuration stuff happening here. We have some SQL, uh, SQL management extension being ha happening here. Uh, but let's go and take a look at our public IP because that is going to have my uh, external DNS name. And we should be able to go, because, of, because Azure DevOps deployed out to this now, so when, when the uh, infrastructure's code stops, the website doesn't exist. The, the website is created in IS, but the code isn't there. So right. it's that Azure DevOps deployment then that, that gets my application into place. And look here, we've got our Mercure Health development environment. That's all up and running. Let's, uh, I'm just gonna pop over and take a look and oh, look at that. We now have a UAT environment set up and running. This would be my URL. Now I don't, I haven't deployed there yet because yeah. it's not defined in my build definition. So if I added the UAT deployment into my build definition, mm -hmm. It would then it could then roll out and roll into roll into there. So we can even verify that we're just going to hit. Um, we should get an error because yep. So we hit IIS. This is definitely an IIS error, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. but there's no website there yet because we haven't deployed to it. But we're all set to, and if we look in environments, we'll see that it now has a registered machine. My Mercury Health UAT machine yeah. with no yeah. with no deployments to it. That is freaking amazing, Stephen. So so basically, with the power of everything as code, we now can spin up an environment 
ready to go, completely configured, and all that's missing right now is just deploying our code into an environment that's already completely configured, provisioned, everything's just waiting, ready to go. Yep, no, no more waiting six months for a, uh, you know for, for a team to spin things up and get a port assigned in the firewall or anything else, right? It, it becomes, I run a, I run a, I run a, I can run a command and with it, go grab a cup of coffee, five, 10 minutes later, it's ready for you. Man, right? this is awesome stuff. Everything as code, it really adds some major amounts of power and flexibility into our application in provisioning it, configuring it, and hopefully eventually even deploying it. So to find out more about all of this goodness, check out our links down below and join us next time where we're going to add all of this into our pipelines. Mm -hmm.